The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Buffalo Bills half-season retrospective bonanza and other topics coming up next. Hey, loyal listeners, this is Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. What up, though? We are coming at you with our weekly podcast once again. We're talking all things Buffalo Bills midweek. And man, I'm excited to be here. The Bills beat the Patriots. It was supposed to be so exciting, so fulfilling. It feels anticlimactic does it not it does man it kind of reminds you the first time you kiss a girl you got it all built up in your head what it's gonna be and then it was just like meh i know what kevin durant feels like when he said when he won the title it didn't feel like he thought it would and i think a lot of that is because we knew that the patriots was poo so it was just kind of like meh it, not only that, it was a very close game that the Buffalo Bills looked like they were going to probably lose until Cam Newton put it on the carpet. You you want to beat two win teams convincingly, and that didn't happen. For the second week in a row, the Bills beat a team that was struggling and didn't beat them by many points. Now, we said it last week, a win is a win. I'll take it. Six and two. Good record. However, the problem that this leads to, and I know Bills fans are talking doom and gloom after this stretch of games, but I understand why. And the reason is because it doesn't bode well for what lies ahead, right? I totally agree, man. I, I and, and I get it. In this game, they had six DBs on the field. They dared us to run, and that's what we did. But felt like the Patriots was a scrub, and it's like, okay, we beat the scrub team, but wh- how are we going to transfer that over to uh, beating a good team? And I think that's why fans were disappointed in it, and it was more doom and gloom um, because we got a hard schedule coming up. But we're six and two, and this is where we projected us to be. So it isn't really happiness. It's okay, you did what you was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't know. It's kind of like when kids graduate from elementary school. Some people celebrate that, and that's your prerogative. But I'm looking at you like, dude, you were supposed to graduate sixth grade. You know what I'm saying? So, (laughs) you know, I mean, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't, I mean, once again, if you celebrate your kid graduating from sixth grade, that's awesome. But, I mean, most, I mean, some people look at it like that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm not going to celebrate, you know, something that you're supposed to do. And, and that's how I looked at it. They were a scrub and we struggled with them. And, and, and also, you, you, I, I think against the Jets, you want to impose your will. And against the Patriots, and we didn't do that. Even though they came out with seven DBs on the field and dared us to run, and we did that effectively. We ran for almost 200 yards. Unfortunately, they did too. But you should be able to do what you want against a scrub team, especially if Josh Allen is the guy that we thought he would be. So he needs to recapture the form he had in the first part of the season. Yes, and you saw that run game come alive, but you have to keep in mind what it is that the Patriots were doing, which was playing six or seven defensive backs on every play. You should be able to run against that. If you can't run against that, you're terrible. I mean, yeah, I agree, man. I mean, it it was just, I feel like we should have had an easier time. And a lot of people are comparing this game, well, they played us like we played the Chiefs, you know, just kind of keep it close and hope something good breaks at the end. But the difference is the Chiefs game was never, even though we only uh, lost by nine, we were never going to win that game. Nope. Where the Patriots, easy, if we don't fumble, I mean, if we don't get that fumble recovery, they win that game because they're driving down the field to score. That's the difference. And mm-hmm. so I'm very disappointed. I mean – I don't want to bash Josh Allen, but the last month he went from MVP to basically he was, I mean, he a game manager, you know what I'm saying? And we can't, and he even said in post-game interviews, we can't win consistently with him playing average. I mean, so if you think, if you, if you think you're going to squeak, squeak by Seattle, that's not going to happen because they get four touchdowns on everybody. They stop out everybody. So we can't game manage and hope for the best against them. You got to assume that they're going to score 28 points. So what are you going to do to match it? Yeah, they're averaging 34 points a game on the season, which is just ridiculous after eight games. Now, I I do have some things to say about Josh Allen, but we're going to wait until a little bit later in the podcast to talk about some of what's going on with Josh Allen. The other thing that we need to talk about is the trade deadline has now come and gone and the Bills have not made any moves. Why do you think they sat pat at the deadline? Is it that nobody wanted to deal with them? Is it that they wouldn't give up enough for, say, like Desmond King to play cornerback who was traded for a sixth rounder? Are they worried about next year's salary cap or is it an indictment on who they believe they really are? I think it's a mixture of all those things. I think they're, once again, they're big on culture. But, I mean, when I look at that, I'm like, I look at Tampa Bay, I feel like they're going all in, bringing in Antonio Brown. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people want to win, man, and some people want to do it their way and the right way in culture. I mean, I'm I'm surprised that we didn't go out. And and once again, I'm not questioning Bean. I don't know what the salary cap implications are and all that stuff. I'm not in the meeting rooms. But on the outside looking in, I'm thinking to myself, man, bring in a D tackle, dude. Bring in a linebacker. Because we all, I mean, don't just watch the games just to drink a beer and watch the game. I mean, when you watch the game, watch the game and form an opinion. And I feel like we all can agree that Klein is not a starting level linebacker. 
So can we bring in somebody like if I could get uh, Bean on the line, talk to him candidly, where he's telling me the truth, not just the stuff you say on TV, right? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like it's a different. Like go out to dinner and get the skinny on stuff. You know what I'm saying? Have a beer, loosen up, and give me the real, not the stuff you're gonna say on ESPN. And tell me you think that Klein is a starting level linebacker, or is it like a Quentin Spain thing, which I don't even still don't understand for the life of me why you let him go. Um, is it one of those things? Well, I brought him in, so I gotta make sure you know what I'm saying that my guys are in there, so I don't look bad. You know what I'm saying? Because some of that is too. People say at the bar all the time, "Well, you ain't the GM; he getting paid for it." Yeah, but you gotta realize that sometimes they have ulterior motives. They're playing draft picks because they drafted them, or make, like Miami Dolphins. Why would you put Tua in? This this is a perfect example, and I know I'm going off on a tangent a little That's bit. That's fine. Keep going. But I'm hyped. I'm I'm fired up right now. Y'all wanted to fire it up, Big Newt. Well, here it is. All right, Tua, Tua T, right? You stick him in at the bye week when Fitz was 3-3 three and three and you were second in division, all right? So you think this kid is ready. Did you watch the game on Sunday? Did he look ready to you? You know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like this guy gets in and throws for like 50 yards. And now, okay, they might not win. I don't know. They they played a great game on defense and special teams. But Fitz, I mean, to me, if you leave Fitz in the uh, rest of the season, you're going to finish second in the league, maybe first if we falter and you go to the playoffs. I think that is very important to get playoff bids when you can. Because every time you make the playoffs, that adds another year to your coach's tenure. You know what I'm saying? When you don't make the playoffs, that's the reason for them to fire you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it like uh, McDermott, that was important that McDermott made the playoffs his first year. So then when you fall off a year, people give you the benefit of the doubt. And then his third year, we're back in the playoffs and hopefully we continue. I think that was a, a mistake that they're going to make by putting Tua in so early. You should have rolled it out with Fitz for the rest of the season and contended, made the playoffs, and then made the switch in the offseason. But that just goes to show, once again, I'm just saying all that to say long-windedly that everybody isn't in it to win. It's a business. You see what I'm saying? Some people want to win at all costs. That's what it looks like Tampa Bay did when their owners signed up getting A.B. You got people like Dallas who, yeah, they want to win, but I think it's more important that Jerry Jones be the person making the decisions in the room, and mm -hmm. hopefully we win. So there's a difference. Absolutely. That is what Jerry Jones is looking for, is to take the glory, let's say. Now, I'll bet if you went out and grabbed a beer with Brandon Bean right now, this is what he would tell you. We did a bunch of self-scouting, and we don't think we're good enough to compete in the offseason, in the offseason, in the postseason. We looked at our roster and without a one-technique defensive tackle, with injuries mounting on the offensive line, uh, I would imagine they're worried that Mitch Morris is probably going to have to retire after this most recent concussion, that they just have too many holes on defense right now, that if injuries keep showing up, that giving up future draft picks is not going to help them. In the long run, because yes, you want to make the playoffs. You're probably going to make the playoffs this season because at six and two, you've got a very good chance in what is turning out to be a fairly weak division, save for the Miami Dolphins, who are actually playing very well right now. They have a 
tremendous defense. Brian Flores can coach. Let's just let's put it out there. It's a dubious decision to sit Fitz after going three and three, but Brian Flores can coach a defense, and that's what we're seeing right now. So they may give the Bills a run for their money, and. I'm willing to bet that Bean and McDermott looked at this roster and they said, you know what? We're in a good position right now, but for the long-term health of this team, we need to save our draft picks because we don't have enough depth. We don't have cornerbacks. We don't have offensive guards. We don't have linebackers. We don't have good enough players on the defensive line. We don't have good enough depth on the defensive line. We've got a lot of work to do, and I'll bet you that's why they didn't give up anything into the future. Also, they're still dealing with the fact that they kept Trent Murphy on the roster and didn't clear his $8 million from the books off of next year's salary cap. That is going to hurt, and we all knew that was going to hurt, and it hamstrung them. There were news articles coming out saying that there's rumors that the Bills are trying to trade him. Big freaking surprise. You could have avoided this entire situation by just letting Trent Murphy go as every fan knew needed to happen. I don't care about the leadership aspect. I don't care about uh, the whole, well, he's versatile and he's our kind of guy. You know, at some point, talent wins. And I know you like AJ Klein, lack of talent. Uh, Trent <laughs> Murphy making $9 million a year, not worth it. But he's their guy, so he keeps playing. It bothers me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's like I said, I said, man, sometimes people want to win, but they want to win it their way, and they feel like they have a plan. And I guess people are going to say, well, why is it all the doom and gloom on the Jamie D and Big News show? And I get it, um, but these are questions to ask as we move forward. Yes, and, you know, we give credit where it's due. We absolutely give credit where it's due. And right now we're speaking from a point of frustration because you saw how the Bills set themselves up for disaster by keeping Trent Murphy. You see that AJ Klein is in a position that he shouldn't be in. He shouldn't be starting and and he is. He shouldn't be getting anywhere near the number of snaps that he's getting because you can see week in and week out that he's a liability. Uh, he's, he's a terrible tackler. He's terrible in coverage. He doesn't rush the quarterback. So what does he do? Oh, well, he plays multiple positions. I don't care that he plays multiple positions. Get a talented player out on the field. That's all I have to say about that for now. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you, man. It, it just is kind of mind boggling. But once again, man, hey, we're six and two. We're right where we uh, projected us to be um, after eight weeks. And I mean, it, we, I feel like going to the second eight games, we we have bigger fish, fish to fry than one linebacker and one D tackle also. You are right. And let's take this moment to launch into our Buffalo Bills half-season retrospective bonanza with Jamie D and Big Newt. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we need some music there. We need da -da -da -da, something. I don't know. We need something there. I know. I, I was really proud of myself when I texted that to you yesterday. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to launch into this by saying we did our first quarter of the season report cards, and there there was a lot of A-pluses that went around. But it's almost like it was a tale of two seasons, the first four games versus the second four games. This has been a wild roller coaster, hasn't it? 
It has, and I think I think once again people are waiting for the shoe to drop because we were six and two last year. Um and then so, but I mean, we said in the preseason that we could finish with the same record as last year, but be a better team. And if you would have gave me the Josh Allen the first four games and we only win nine games and we, we win the AFC East, I will take that all day, every day. Yep. All right. But all the praise that I gave Josh Allen the first four weeks, going out and getting his cereal and putting in the boom, boom room. Now you're looking like a game manager, dude. You got to go back out there and throw the ball. He's still, I feel, he's still top five at passing in the NFL. Um, Diggs is number two or number three in the league in receptions and yardage. Um, but a lot of that is still from the first four weeks. The last month, I mean, it's been pretty pedestrian. So that's the that's the thing, man. So if anything, I feel, I don't feel really happy. I don't feel sad. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I feel optimistic because you have an opportunity this week to, you know, change the narrative and get back in that. Hey, I'm one of the top young guys in this league because the last month you haven't shown that. Josh Allen, as you said, MVP level performance for the first four weeks of the season, passing yardage leader. He had an incredible QBR. He was completing 70% of his passes. But here's some stats from the last four games. He is 18 of 46 for 293 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions on passes that travel at least 10 yards in the air. That's good for a 32.2 passer rating, which is the worst in the league. And where was Josh Allen making his money in the first month? Down the field down the field where he had one bogus interception that was not an interception and 10 passing touchdowns. He was on fire. And now defense has figured it out. And Josh Allen, he's struggling. He's absolutely struggling at this point. And I'm less confident in this team now because at the beginning of the season, it was obvious that the Bills could outscore their opponents but now with the with the offense regressing back to the middle of the pack if not a little bit worse it's a problem because the defense has not been able to stop anybody at any point this season yeah i agree man and it's we saw the first month of the season Josh Allen saw a lot of man coverage now he's seeing a lot of zone and uh, once again, and, I, and, and we haven't talked about the offensive line. Once again, I think the offensive line played very well. Um, he had time to throw the ball. I didn't think that he would got a lot of pressure. And when he did get pressured, he scrambled out of the pocket and left the pocket when he didn't have to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Feliciano, man, hey, man, he gets the game ball. Man, he made the world a difference. We able to, we were able to do what we wanted on the ground. Uh, versus a team that couldn't stop anybody um, versus the run all season, all right? Um, but my thing is, if this guy – I need – and once again, man, people are going to say, oh, why are you, why you on Josh so hard? Man, he's the number seven pick in the draft, okay? And once again, I'm going to compare him to Tyrod Taylor because that's who we got rid of and spent the number seven pick on him. The last month of the season, he looks like Tyrod Taylor. And that's not good enough. And he will tell you that's not good enough. So uh, Dable needs to figure out. We have to figure out. We have the receivers. We all agree on that. 
All right. He needs to figure out what he's looking at and be able to deliver the football. And then now, I mean, two weeks ago, we didn't have John Brown. This week was all bad weather. All right. Well, this week, we're going to have everybody. This week, <laughs> this week is going to be a beautiful day in Buffalo, New York. Okay. And this week, we're playing the worst pass defense in the league. We have to figure it out. So win, lose, or draw. And I know everybody wants to win, but I will not be mad at all if we lose 35 to 38 and he passes for 400 yards. I won't be mad. I promise you I won't be mad. But if we go out there and get monkey stomped and we only throw for 150 yards, I'm going to be, yeah. Now I'm starting to question things. You know what I'm saying? Once again, I'm giving that same energy I had the first month of the year. I'm giving you that same energy now. I was high on him. I praised him. I got his cereal. But now he's looking like Tyrod Taylor, man. So he needed – this is a perfect opportunity for him to snap out of. Monkey stomped? Monkey stomped. What's that? You know, like a big old gorilla. Imagine if you got into a cage with a gorilla, he going to monkey stomp you. That will be different than a human beating you up. You're going to get – like you won't have a chance. Like monkey stomp. Was it – oh, man. Weren't there like Samsonite commercials back in the 80s of like a gorilla stomping on a suitcase or something? Exactly. <laughs> you know, think Bam Bam, think Flintstones. I mean, I know you're younger than me, but you know, us older guys, we watch the Flintstones. Think Bam Bam, how Bam Bam used to just get the guy and just Bam 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 and just pick him up and just <laughs> <laughs> go side to side with him. Yeah, that's and, what a and, monkey would do to you, a gorilla would do to you. Yeah, monkey stomp. And how the the father from the movie Boomerang used to Bam Bam Bam. That's a different story. That's a different story. John Witherspoon, rest in peace. R.I.P. Anyway, <laughs> so my take on the, the Buffalo Bills from the first half of the season. The offense, it was great, and then it was bad. The defense was bad all the way around. This is, to me, they're rating out both offensively and defensively as a middle-of-the-pack team, and they are leading the AFC East in a down year for a couple of the teams. But to me, the Bills are shaping up to be a middle-of-the-pack team that's going to... To me, they look like they're going to go 7-9 and nine to 8-8 eight and eight this year. That That's what they look like at this point to me, unless they can get back some of the magic that they had. Because let's look forward to the next few games. Seahawks, Cardinals, Chargers, Niners, Steelers. Well, I've got some news for you, folks. Um, the Cardinals and Chargers are the top two teams in the league in offensive yardage. Can the Bills possibly score? Can they possibly score enough to keep up with teams that can move the ball quite like that? I don't think they can. I think the Bills need to figure out a way to, and I think they can do this. They need to figure out a way to start slowing teams down and match up the offense with the defense. If the Bills start scoring a ton of points, great. But they also need to slow teams down too. They always say defense wins championships, and I know it's an offensive league, and that that cliche may no longer be valid. However, they, they've got to catch up to each other. We need to see good output from both the offense and defense all in one game, or else this could be a really dreadful second half of the season. I think they can do it, though. I, I don't think this team is out of it yet, even though they've struggled for the past month. What do you think? 
Okay, I agree with your analysis. I just don't agree with your assessment. And what I mean by that is I agree with everything you just said, except you saying that you feel like that this is going to be a seven or eight win team. This okay. team, If this team wins seven or eight games, I don't think this team will win the AFC East. And if this team only wins seven games, then we have problems. I think we're still in line or still set to get to nine and ten wins. You yelled out the schedule, but let's take an in-depth look at it. Seahawks, we're going to lose. Okay, can't, I can't see the Bills scoring enough points to yeah. keep up with the Seahawks offense. Don't I'm not gonna say never say never because they could come in, they could play. I mean, they're traveling across the country, they could play bad. We could come in and regain our form. We could win that game, but I don't think we will. And let's just go off of point spreads. We're three point underdogs at home. Okay. It seems generous. Right. Like to the Bills. I do. I think so too. That makes me think Vegas knows something. Yeah. You know? So, all right. So let's just say that's a loss. That's fine. Okay. Then the Cardinals game, we go out west, we're a two-point underdog, early underdog right now, okay? Let's say we lose that game, even though I think we could win that game. Let's just, for, you know, for record's sake, let's say we lose that game, all right? Chargers, we will be favored that game. You And then, once again, you have to beat Herbert. You got to beat the rookie. If you can't beat the rookie at home, we have problems. So you bet to win that game. So that's a win. All right, uh, forty the 49ers, Garoppolo is out, Kittle is out. You got to win that game now, okay? It's going to be on Sunday night football. You get, you need to win that game, right? So then you got the Steelers, all right? That's going to be a loss. We're not competing with the Steelers at this point. They're upper echelon of the league, all right? Then you got the Broncos. You got to beat Drew Locke, Okay. If Josh Allen can't beat Drew Locke, you're not the guy I think you are, okay? Patriots, by the time we play them in December, once again, I think that's Sunday or Monday night football. Maybe it's Saturday by that time. If you can't beat them, Cam Newton is probably going to be done. They're probably going to put the other kid in. You got to win that game because they're playing for nothing and they're going to be ready to go to Cancun, all right? You got to win that game. And then the last game, Miami. That could be for the division title. If they're still starting two or, or if they start fifth, you have to win that game. All right? You have to, yeah. All right, so if you look at my analysis then, then that's four more wins. That gives us the ten wins. So let's say we lose one of them. One of the games we, we, was, we were supposed to win, we lose. That's still nine wins. If we get to seven wins, that means you're saying we're only going to win one more game. If we only win one more game, we got to think quarterback in the draft. <laughs> that's that's how I look at it. If Josh Allen only wins one more game, then we got to be thinking quarterback next year. You may even have to think new head coach. That won't happen. But yeah. but if you drop off that poorly, something went dreadfully wrong. And honestly, right. the only game that I see as a gimme at this point is probably against the Broncos. That that's the Bills are going to win that. Would you be shocked if they lost to the Cardinals and the Chargers? No, I won't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked for the Cardinals, but Chargers, yeah. Like I would have been shocked. Like my thing is, 
people talk about all doom and gloom, imagine if my boy Zimmer, who played D2 football at Ferris State, the dude a month ago was on a practice squad. Imagine if he don't make the play of the game. It was two plays. It was the onside uh, recovery, and then it was that strip. Imagine yeah. if he doesn't make that play and we lose the game. Yeah, I mean, it, it took it took a fumble and it took Tyler Medikavich making an incredibly heads-up play on the onside kick to recover it to save that game. You just wanted to say Medikavich. Love saying that. <laughs> I could tell. I could hear the inflection in your voice when you said it. <laughs> say, yeah, do you remember in the off season when I'm like, "What are they doing? Paying a special teams guy three million a year?" And I'm yep. like, "You can't even play him at linebacker." And you said, "You look, look at that guy's beard. I don't care how much you're paying him. That's the guy I want on my team." <laughs> <laughs> so, for all you fans out there, we're totally objective in our analysis. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We like those type of things, man. But this off season, man. When the off season, we need things to keep it spicy and interesting. So the Cardinals. Let's talk about them for a second. Five and two. Kyler Murray's been excellent. Um, D Hop has been fantastic at receiver. They're a good team, and they're playing in the toughest division in football. And even the 49ers, who are the worst team in that division, are 4-4. Four and four. Now, they're probably going to get worse without Garoppolo and Kittle, but yeah. they can run the ball. So Buffalo has a chance in that game. Of course they do. I see a situation where you you could end up with the Bills only winning one more game this year. No way. I've it's possible, man. Disagree. I vehemently disagree, dude. No way. If we only win one more game, that's like Armageddon. Don't get me wrong. I understand where you're coming from. We have collapsed, but you're predicting that we're going to collapse. I'm not predicting. I'm saying it's a possibility right now. The way things are going, the offense is struggling. The defense has been terrible. Where, Where's the help coming from? They didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. They signed Daryl Worley um, and Darren Lee to the practice squad and you know, hopefully those guys are going to make contributions, at least from a, a depth standpoint, but they're not going to be real difference makers out there. Um, you know, where where's the help coming from? Is Are they going to change schemes? Are the coaches going to become better? Are the players going to drastically improve over the course of the season? I think they will. On Honestly, I don't think you've seen the best of the Buffalo Bills as a full team yet. But what if they don't make those improvements? And that, that's that's the question I'm asking. But you are saying, you're saying that this team has probably underachieved this past month. Is that is that what I'm hearing you say? You that's, think they're better than what we've seen? I'm saying I'm saying that the last month, the season is ebbs and flows. Okay. We started out great, and I don't think we were good as we looked the first month. And we are two and two the last four weeks, and I don't think we're as bad as we looked. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So the truth lies somewhere in the middle. No matter whether you're a buy- fan of Biden, a fan of Trump, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Anyway, um, I don't think we're as bad as we looked this past month. And once again, I'm the eternal pessimist. So am I. I. I can't wrap my mind 
around us winning only one more game. And if we only win one more game, something that means that Josh Allen, and I just can't, I'm not ready to say that. I don't even want to think about that. But yes, I'm pretty much saying if we only win one more game, unless something drastic happens, like Stefan Diggs break a leg or, I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to wish that on him, but something like that has to happen. Like so, Josh, Josh Allen got COVID. And then Matt Barkley had to play. I mean, that'd be ugly. But yeah, I'm talking about if everything stays the same, everything stays ceteris paribus, then I, yeah, if we only win one more game, then something has to change. I will not go into this season being, next season being optimistic at all. Something would have to change. You bet to beat the Patriots. Like I said, I'm not changing my, my line doesn't move, dude. We have to beat Miami. You have to beat Tua. You got to beat Denver. You got to beat Locke. You got to beat whoever the pets roll out there. Yeah. And you got to beat Hubert. And you got to beat the 49ers with a backup quarterback. And they got everybody hurt. Like you have to win those games. Just like I felt like you got to beat the Jets and got to beat the Pets. And when you put it that way, that that sounds like they're headed for 11 wins. And if no. they get to 11 wins, that's that's a team I'm confident in, even if they don't do it with style points. If, if they keep winning games ugly, you know what? I'm cool with it. And, you know, part of the thing that was so alluring early in the season was the fact that they looked so good on offense. You know, when Josh Allen dropped back and would launch the ball 30 yards in the air, it was inevitably caught by a Buffalo Bills receiver, and it was just beautiful. What we're not seeing right now is the beauty. We're not seeing them get enough turnovers. We're not seeing them tough enough on on the defensive line. We're, we're not seeing Josh Allen moving the ball through the air and up until the game against the Patriots, you didn't really see any semblance of a running game. Now, as you said, you bet they got to be running the ball when there's seven defensive backs on the field. Right. <laughs> you know, even in right. short yardage situations. But I think that you're right. I think that there's there's a chance that this team gets to 11 wins. But there's also a chance that this team only gets to seven wins. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I'm. It's been plenty of times over the last fifteen years you'd have talked me off the ledge when we collapsed, and I was optimistic, thinking it's our year. You know what I'm saying? Shout out, and also I was thinking about this. Shout out to Tina, man. Tina from the uh, the DC Bills backers, man. Because every year, dude, for ten years, she was like, "Big Newt, this our year. Big Newt, this our year." And then when we finally made the playoffs, she was like, "I told you," and I'm like. All right, Tina, like, what about all the other eight times that you were wrong we didn't make the plot? You know what I'm saying? And she's so, like, that doesn't matter. I'm a diehard. <laughs> told me that all the time. And I would always say, Tina, you do not need to be delusional to be a diehard fan. And then she was like, yes, you do. Now I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Tina, Tina will fight you, man. She'll fight the opposition fans. She'll fight, she'll fight the fans of the Buffalo. If you ain't talking the same talk, she talking, man. So I love her, man. She's, She's a tough cookie, man. Tough oh, cookie. Yes, I don't <laughs> scares me, man. Shoot. But I get it, man. She gets fired up, and I, and I understand that. And I know half our listeners out there is listening to the podcast, and they probably like, oh, man, they what are they talking about? We're 6-2. and two. We're going to the Super Bowl. And, so, and also that brings me back to what you said earlier, where we are. I don't feel like we're necessarily middle of the pack. Well, yes, I do. I feel like we're middle of the pack, but I feel like we're at the top 
of the middle of the pack. Meaning we're not, if we're three tiers, we got the contenders, we got middle of the pack, and then we got the scrubs. I feel like we're in the middle of the pack, but we're at the top of that group. You know what I'm saying? So we're not the Steelers. We're not uh, Kansas City. We're not Baltimore. We're not the Steelers. We're not Seattle. We're not Green Bay, maybe the Saints. I feel like those are the contenders. And then you got the middle of the pack. You know what I'm saying? The Tennessee's, us, uh, Indianapolis playing with Arizona. Whoa. That's like the middle of the pack, but that's like the top of the middle of the pack. You see what I'm saying? You're putting you're putting the Bills on the same level as the Titans. Well, I'm just saying, I'm, no, because I feel like they're probably they beat us, but we're in that same elk. Yeah. Okay. Cause, sure. Because you got to realize something, Jamie. They lost to a scrub this weekend. We haven't lost to a scrub yet. That's <laughs> a good point. That's what you got to look at. So that puts us in the same line as them. That's what we now. If we would have lost to the Patriots, I would have dropped us down. You see what I'm saying? We haven't lost. It's something to be. We haven't beat a good team. I mean, we beat the Rams, but the Rams is probably the, the worst five-win team in the league. We <laughs> beat them. We beat a middle of a pack team uh, in the Raiders, but everybody else we beat are scrubs. But that's true. We did, we did what we were supposed to do. You beat the scrubs, and if you look, so that's all I'm asking us to do. Just beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, and we get the 10 wins and win the division. So basically, you beat the Broncos, you beat the Chargers, you beat the Patriots again. Now you're at nine wins. And Miami. And Miami, that brings you to 10. Yeah. Okay. So Is that I, asking for a lot? Is that asking too much of Josh Allen? I, I don't because think it is. It is, no. we need to draft somebody else. <laughs> I mean, what? Did, what, did, I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm not asking you to beat Russell Wilson. I'm not asking that. If you do, wonderful. But I'm not. And what am I? I mean, what? Come on now, Jamie. <laughs> Come on now, man. What are we talking about here, man? Like my father in law says, man, Bernie Board, man, cut the comedy. Cut the comedy, man. <laughs> hey, do you eat chicken wings every Sunday during Bills every games? Every Sunday, man. The ones I gave you. How many do you think you put away? Uh, I've been dieting, so my my wife is make sure I'm cut back. So I only eat like five, maybe six. Five. But when, I, but when I'm going at it, like yeah, I usually eat ten or eleven. Big uh, Big Jalen, my son, the ten year old, he usually puts away about nine, ten. So Big Newt, I have yeah. seen you put away fifty during a game. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm slowing down now. Yeah, I'm not saying yeah. I'm talking about now. At this point, I'm slowing down. I just can't believe you cut so far back. You're eating like a tenth of what you used to eat. Yeah, but I'm slimming up too, man. I'm wearing clothes. That I, my wife was going to give away and sell at rummage sales, man. I'm wearing my, hey, my, I'm slimming up a little bit, man, just a little. You keep this going, you're going to be ready for uh, Speedo season. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know if I could do a Speedo. Oh, why not, man? <laughs> of course you could. And speaking of clothes, man, Greg, the president of DC Bills Backers, sent my T-shirt in the mail. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it, man. Good looking out. My DC Bills back a T-shirt with the Buffalo, uh, with the mask on, with the stripes symbolizing yeah. DC, man. It got in the mail yesterday, man. I was very happy. So shout out to Greg. He gets one 3XL every season just for you. I and, know, right? And, and, you know, really a shout out to the presidents of the Bills backers across the country. 
every chapter president is doing a ton of work and they talk to each other. They, they have you on their podcasts. It's just, it's wonderful that we have this Bill's Mafia community that we do. It's almost, it's almost like a, a whole separate life that we all get to live as Bill's fans outside of our regular lives, which these days, it's really nice to have that escape. Yeah, man, that's big time, man. Shout out to Bill's Mafia. I love y'all all day. Like I said, man, no matter what our political affiliations are, what we think, this is the one thing that brings everybody together. And that's what we need right about now, man, togetherness. Absolutely. And I'm going to ask you one final question. When there was a rumor of Stefan Gilmore being traded back to the Bills, how did you feel about that? <laughs> you know how I felt about it because I text you about it. <laughs> yep. I think everybody else needs to know. <laughs> so you thought that was a good story, huh? It's freaking funny, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I felt weird, man. I felt like if Stefan Gilmore comes running back, I know that would help our team. But it's kind of like Mike Jones said famously, you know what I'm saying? He was like, back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. And it's kind of like, okay, you ran. You left me. Like, if you was a girl, you left me when I was down. But then I hit the lottery. Now you want to – and you left me for a football player. Now I hit the lottery, and that football player broke his leg and he's out the league now. Now you want to come back to me. It's like, no, I don't want you no more. I done moved on. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of feel like Gilmore's doing. Now that New England, you left us, won a Super Bowl or two in New England. Now they they uh they you know not good anymore. Now you want to run back to us because we're making playoffs. Like, no, man, we done moved on, man. No. Yeah, so keep that in mind when you uh when you lose all this weight and you're looking good and the women are checking you out, don't even think about moving on from your wife. Don't, don't even think about it because you're going to put that weight on and she's not going to take you back. I know her. She's a tough cookie. No way. I would never do that, man. And, and, and let me tell you something, David. I'm a player. It don't matter if I'm 400 or 200, man. I still get the women looking. But I'm very <laughs> devoted to my lovely wife. I love you, darling. <laughs> I am going to make sure she hears this particular episode. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey. I want to thank everybody who joined us for the Bills half-season retrospective extravaganza. Man, this turned out to be a fun one, didn't it, big man? It always is when we get together and talk about the Bills, man. I love it, man. So just remember on this election day, man, no matter what happens this week, we all love each other. We're all one race, and that's human beings. Let's look out for each other, and whether you're Team Trump or Team Biden, let's be peaceful, and uh, whoever wins, just go along with it, because that's what we are. We're a democracy, and that's what makes this country great, all right? Amen. I will take your advice, and I will do that. Although, if my candidate wins, I might gloat a little bit on Facebook. I don't know. Yeah, Probably I think not. I think I'll come up there and uh, to the inauguration if my guy wins, but we'll see. Well, cool. And uh, you got a place to come hang out when you do. So with this being us wrapping it up, there's one thing we haven't quite done yet. Bring us to it, Big Newt. Hey, hey, hey.
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>